0: Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight as we come before your holy word. We pray that your word will minister to us in simplicity and clarity of speech. I thank you for the spirit of the instructor that will guide my thoughts, that will order my speech aright, that I might articulate your word with precision and accuracy and with exactitude. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. So today uh we are gonna conclude our series of messages on stewardship. Um as we all know this month uh is termed our month of stewardship. Every month in the every month of June in the calendar of the church is known as a stewardship month. And uh it gives us an opportunity to reflect on our journey collectively as a church and chat certain events on our way, the failure or success. In doing that, we are really making a statement to God that our time, talents, and treasure that we have invested into this enterprise, which is known as the church, uh, should be held accountable. Apart from that, human agencies, such as the presiding bishop, the leaders, and the members of the church also deserve a certain level of transparency. excuse me which fosters trust and communion in the journey ahead so excuse me in light of that we have touched on a series of messages on uh, the subject of stewardship i I must admit i think it's the first time that we've been able to go in depth a, a little bit more than just mention it in person so I opened it up with stewardship in general, and we defined it, and we looked at Jesus' worldview on, on good stewardship uh, from Luke chapter 12. We, we, we considered two parables, and uh, we, we, we talked so much on stewardship. And Pastor Robert then followed <coughs> with three sessions on stewardship in relation to our finances. So I just did a general overview of stewardship. Pastor Robert just narrowed it down to finances. Because stewardship is not just, you can't just paint it with a broad brush. Uh, There are many aspects of our lives that demand stewardship, and one of them has to do with in relation to our finances. And uh, in the past, Pastor pastoral has outlined some practical and biblical keys when applied will indeed make us good stewards of our money. Uh, This past Sunday, Pastor Jessica also touched on the essential ingredients of stewardship which is faithfulness. The Bible says that... Um, no, thank you. The Bible, the, the, the Bible says that it is required in stewards that one must be found faithful. It's a requirement. It's an essential requirement in effective and biblical stewardship. And she touched on very three important points. And to me, what I took home from the message, uh, the most important point, out of the three, was the faithfulness of God. You will struggle with the concept of faithfulness without first and foremost understanding the faithfulness of God. So, I thought that was very good. I will encourage you to listen to all these messages on stewardship refresh your memory, build your faith capacity, build your knowledge as you listen. It will grow deeper, and uh, most importantly apply the truths that you've had on stewardship to your life be a steward amen and and be a faithful and a very good one because like i said in the first installment good stewardship and bad stewardship will both be rewarded so i prefer to be good amen and receive a better reward with that said we want to round up our series of messages on stewardship tonight looking in relation to our time so now we are just going to narrow it down a bit And now talk about time. Amen. Now, when talking of stewardship, the average person or believer doesn't factor time into it. You know, time is a resource given to us by God. Time is not given. We came to meet time. Time was before us. It's a resource given to us by God. And we will be judged on its usage. Let us look at our scripture for tonight in Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 15 to 18 Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 to 18 Excuse me please <coughs> Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 to 18 <coughs> Excuse me See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. The word circumspectly means to live carefully. So we are to be sober and vigilant. So when the Bible talks about living circumspectly, it also carries the idea of sobriety and vigilance. You know, in in Ghana, the the, the popular parlance for vigilance is yesterday. That, that means be very steady be vigilant that's, that's all that I mean it's a popular term there you, you have to be sober and you have to be vigilant your faculties are intact you are in control you are not under any influence now when you live life carelessly and always living at the edge the bible calls you a fool and there are some people who live life very carelessly the bible says that we should live careful. Careful living is scriptural. Walk circumspectly. You can't always live on the fast lane and always live life at the edge. The Bible lets us know we are unwise. Now, the Greek phrase for redeeming the time has an interesting twist to it. It means making wise and secret opportunity of time. So, because when you just read it in English, redeeming the time, you might think that it means buying time, which can also be correct. I mean, in in today's English context, because redeem is also the same as buy. It's It's a transactional word, but it goes deeper than that. It's talking about making wise and a sacred opportunity of time. Why? Why do we need to do that? Because the Bible lets us know that the days ahead are days of evil. Now, when you look at this word evil in the Greek, it has three important words I want us to note tonight. Toils, annoyance, and perils. So why is the day evil or why are the days evil? Because of toils, annoyances, perils. so in the midst of toiling annoying and perilous days which is also known as evil the Bible admonishes us to make a wise and sacred opportunity of time so for your information the days ahead are not going to get better the Bible says that we have this sure word of prophecy this Bible is a sure word of prophecy it's already predicted the years ahead. And the Bible lets us know that the years ahead are days of evil. And why are they days of evil? They are days of evil because they are toils. They are, they are days of toils and toiling. They are days of annoyances. Petty things that can really irritate you. And they are also full of perils, which has to talk of dangers. And at times, dangers might, might even be very close to you in the sense of endangering your life. Look at what just happened last year. It's still fresh in our memory. And even now, we are still experiencing the tremors of it. It has not really dissipated that way. We are truly living in dangerous times. But the Bible admonishes us that in those times, we have to make wise and sacred opportunity of time in those days so don't wait for things to fall into place before you do what you are supposed to do take advantage now time is of the essence and one of pastor Robert's installments he was talking about when the pandemic came christians were busily praying that the pandemic should go away others too were taking advantage You know, in this pandemic, there were people who really scored big. People like Amazon, Walmart, Zoom, Netflix, they didn't lose at all. They scored very big. Shares went high. Profit margin, big. Made a lot of money. See, the the days were evil, but they were able to make wise and secret opportunity of time. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't wait for your ducks to be in a row, all right? Don't don't wait for the perfect situation before you take advantage. Take advantage even in the days of evil. That's what the Bible admonishes us. Amen. The will of the Lord in Scripture mostly has to do with context in the Scripture, all right? So, if you read the Bible carefully... There are many places where it talks about the will of god it's not a static um definition it's it's dynamic depending on the context of the scripture for example when you read first thessalonians chapter 5 it says that we should give thanks in all things for this is the will of god you understand so what is the will of god in short the will of God is the express counsel of God's word that you can find in the Bible so everything in the Bible is the will of God do you understand so you don't have a specific thing that you can see just call the will of God the express counsel of God's word is the will of God God's word wish and his will are one Amen Amen so the will, the will of the Lord in this scripture, is to be wise with our time. The Bible says that we should understand what the will of the Lord is, and what is the will of the Lord? We shouldn't be unwise. We shouldn't walk carelessly, and live life on the fast lane. But we should live circumspectively. And what does it mean to live a circumspect life? It means to be aware. Be steady, be vigilant, be sober. Amen. One of the unwise things to do in this present age is to drink alcohol. The Bible says so. And that's why it says that, and do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation. See? So, one of the unwise things we can do is to be addicted to alcohol. Why? Because it kicks away your sobriety and you're under-influence. And the Bible wants us to be sober. The Bible wants us to be vigilant. The Bible wants us to exercise good discretion and judgment. But you can't do these things when alcohol comes into play. Amen. And God gave us an alternative to wine. And what is it? Being filled with the Spirit. So, one of the reasons why we should even be careful of alcohol is anybody who becomes addicted to alcohol plays with time. You will not become a good steward of time. That's one of the reasons why we don't have to be enslaved to alcohol or have alcoholic addiction. Amen. Amen. And it's a serious thing it's, it's, a, it's a serious thing people who tend to have that don't tend to do very well in life uh, time just goes by because of the influence of the bottle i know i cut out but it's recorded so don't worry amen so a christian who struggles with alcohol addiction It's not obeying this verse in its entirety. Do you know what will kick the taste and the sense of alcohol? It's being filled with the wine of the Spirit. There's always one thing I like about the Bible. When the Bible tells you to stop something, it gives you a remedy. It doesn't just put you in a blank space. It always gives you a remedy. You see, that is what is called correction. Reproof is to condemn that wrong act, but correction is to remedy the situation. So, reproof without correction is futile. It's, it, 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 brings no, it brings no results. Are you understanding me? And you also can't correct what you haven't also reproved. So, reproof and correction, they go hand in hand. Reproof is to rebuke and condemn the wrong act. Correction is to bring the remedy to solve the issue. So the scriptures didn't leave us hanging. Okay, I drink alcohol. You are saying I shouldn't take alcohol again. What shall I do? It's given an alternative, but be filled with the wine of the Spirit. Be under the influence of the Spirit rather than being under the influence of spirits. <laughs> Another name for wine is called spirits, right? Be, be under the influence of the spirits than being under the influence of spirits. Because you will dissipate your life. Your life will be wasted. Your life will be prodigal. Your life will be profligate. And you will also not become a good steward of time because your senses are not really in place. Amen. So... What I really learned from this scripture is it takes a spirit-filled man or woman to make use of time effectively. So, if we all want to become good stewards of time, good custodians of time, we want to be able to use time effectively and wisely that we will take every maximum opportunity of our time, we have to be spirit-filled. It needs be that we become spirit-filled because that's the only way. It's not necessarily about manpower, it's not necessarily about your will, and it's not necessarily about how organized you are per se. All these things have a place, but the base of it, the foundation of it all, is to be spirit-filled. Because any Christian who tells me he is spirit-filled, I can look at him by how he uses time. You can't tell me you are spirit-filled and you squander time anyhow. It shows in how you honor appointments. (laughs) You say, I'll call you next week. You never call. It it, it shows. It shows in everything. You can't tell me you are spirit-filled because from what we are reading, for us to be able to redeem the time, make wise and, and sacred opportunities of time, The Bible lets us know, be filled with the Spirit. So, anybody who is Spirit-led values time and makes wise usage of time. Amen. Now, I want us to read this in another translation of this called TLB, the 11th Bible. So, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 18. I want to read this in the living bible and listen so be careful how you live not as fools but as those who are wise so the bible is telling us that we shouldn't be foolish and how can we be described as foolish look at verse 16 make the most of every opportunity for doing good in these evil days. See, we have to make opportunities. So, a, a person moves from foolish to wise when he's able to make the most of every opportunity for doing good in these evil days. Verse 17, don't act thoughtlessly, but try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. So, we should be calculated. And sometimes to act thoughtlessly comes as a result of being intoxicated with wine verse 18. don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life wine ruins people's lives so sometimes people like to argue and become very defensive about it i'm a social drinker and yada yada yada. you know it's so funny that People always want to have a name for their handicap and that will not get you healed. That will not get you saved. That will not get you any help. Alcoholism is alcoholism. Amen. Instead, let the Holy Spirit fill and control you. So we have to come to the place where we desire and yearn for more of the Holy Spirit. I think one of the things that Churches, we have to be doing, especially in this climate, is to teach more on the Holy Spirit. You know, you have to teach more on the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, build the capacity of the church so that they will be able to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit, exercise the gifts of the Holy Spirit, walk in them, and allow themselves to be filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit, whereby the fruit of the Spirit will now begin to show up in their lives, so a, a church where the Holy Spirit is very silent, he's never preached on, not talked about, soon will become a dead church because the church can only become revived, it can become a conduit of power when the Holy Spirit becomes present and becomes an active participant in the activities of the church. Are you understanding me? So The element of time is factored when doing good. How can you do good when you don't have time? How can we have the opportunity to show the world as Christians that we are good people and we do good? And we don't value time. So even the opportunity to even do good, it comes on the premise and on the platform of time. And our church motto is announced every Sunday as come with us and we shall do you good. Doing good is an opportunity which can only be seized by people who understand time. So I want you to understand that. So whenever I say come with us we shall do you good, it's not just a slogan, but for you to be able to be a conduit of good works to humanity and, and, and to your society at large, it needs to be that you understand that that good can only happen on the platform of time. So we have to be very cognizant of our time. Amen. I'm sure we've all heard this saying, I don't have time. It it really isn't the whole truth because of what determines your time. Amen. So we all have time. The only thing is that there are determinants of our time. And i want to talk about five determinants of our time amen so number one your time is determined by your pursuits and i talk about your pursuits what are your your life goals your interests? your time is determined by that so someone will say he doesn't have time which is not the whole truth because your time is determined by what you pursue what do you pursue there are some people their life is social media because perhaps their accounts are monetized and that's how they make a living that's your pursuit so you have time but it's into that it's into making videos all the time it's into creating content digital content all the time for monetary purposes so you do have time so your time is determined by what you pursue So when a Christian is not able to pursue the things of God, what is he pursuing then? Your time is determined by your pursuits. Number two, your time is determined by your financial record. You know, when you receive a pay, it represents many things. It represents your skill. It represents your talents. You know, first and foremost, skill is a polished version of talent. Talent is natural. When talent is polished, it becomes skill. So it, it's 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 indicative of all this. Your 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 pay your paycheck is also indicative of your time. Because perhaps you've put in average 40 hours. The average American was about 40 hours. 40 hours. Eight hours times five. Perhaps you've put 40 hours of that, your financial records, it shows. And what you even spend is also a representation of your time. You don't don't spend things that you don't invest time into. So your time is also determined by your financial records. Your, your, Your financial records say a lot about you. Your financial records build a profile. That's why, if the cops want to open a formal investigation about you, one of the two things they will do is that they will look at your financial statements or your financial records or receipts. Because what you've bought determines your time. It determines your interest. And based on that, they are able to build a whole profile about you. And then number two, if you have a laptop too, they will seize your laptop what information arrests your attention see they they need all these. they need many more things but these are i think the two main things that they need to be able to build a profile on who you are so financial records really speaks a lot about where your time goes amen number three your time is determined by relationships relationships it takes time to invest into relationships relationships doesn't just happen The element of time is is present and is involved and really vested to build relationships. Amen. Number four, your time is determined by your hobbies. There is a popular saying that be careful what you call your hobbies because your time is determined by your hobbies. And number five, your time is determined by your inactivity. Whenever you are inactive... That is an investment of time. So, I don't have time isn't really the whole truth. I don't have time means my time is determined by one or more factors. And for the brevity of time, I just want to talk about these five. So, your time is determined by your pursuits, it has to do with your goals. Your interests is determined by your financial records, relationships, your hobbies. In your inactivity. Inertia. There are some people who just are masters are doing nothing. That's time. Amen. So, you can be anointed and still miss your opportunity because of not knowing how to use time. So, today I pray that may all of us become good stewards of our time. The Israelites, you know that they were called anointed. There are two scriptures in the Old Testament where the Israelites were called anointed. Psalm 105, verse 15, 1 Chronicles 16, 22. The Bible says that touch not my anointed, do my prophets no harm. By the way, that scripture was not referring to men of God. That scripture was referring to a nation called Israel. And among the nation of Israel, there were prophets okay so it's not a pastoral scripture that pastors can just be flogging around amen so read context be faithful to the context we are anointed why we are anointed is it because of oil no it's because we have the holy spirit living in us (coughs) excuse me but i want us to look at an interesting scripture in acts chapter 7 verse 23 to 30. acts chapter 7 verse 23 to 30. Acts chapter seven verse twenty three to thirty. I read. Now when he was forty years old, now this about Moses. It came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptian. For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand, but they did not understand. 26. And the next day he appeared to two of them as they were fighting and tried to reconcile them, saying, Men, you are brethren. Why do you wrong one another? But he who did his neighbor wrong pushed him away, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you did the Egyptian yesterday? Then at this saying, Moses fled and became a dweller in the land of Midian, where he had two sons. And when forty years had passed, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in a bush in the wilderness of Mount Sinai. Now, do you know that when God changed Abraham's name, first and foremost, um, Abraham was known as Abram, which meant exalted father. God changed his name to Abraham, which now meant father of many nations. His wife was called Sarai, and the name was also changed to Sarah. Now, while God had given this prophecy to Abraham about the nation of which he was going to be the patriarch of, God spoke about the nation Israel. They were going to be in captivity for 400 years. That's what God said. 400 years. Now, how many years did Israel spend in captivity? They spent 430 years. And that was not God's will. You think it was a calculation error? God said 400 years. 400 years is 400 years. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled. God has said it. It's established. It's 400 years. But how come the Israelites delayed their captivity? Or how come that mysteriously, the captivity had 30 more years in addition? This scripture explains why. The Bible lets us know that when Moses was 40 years, it came into his heart to visit his brethren. So this lets us know that at the 390th year of Israel's captivity, it came into the heart of Moses that he has to be a deliverer. But the Bible lets us know that in verse 25, for he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand, but they did not understand. I pray that may we all have understanding of the time that we will not delay our prophecy and that we will not derail the plan of God concerning our life. The funny thing was that when Moses left, the Bible lets us know that 40 more years passed by in the wilderness. So Moses slept at the 390th year of Israel's captivity. When they had just 10 more years, they would have been free. And now it was delayed by extra 30 years because people could not prospect time. Ladies and gentlemen, part of the reason why we become good stewards of our time is that we are able to prospect the times ahead. And that's why it's very important, not just to be anointed, but you need to be spirit-filled, spirit-directed, spirit-led, to sense the move of God, to sense when it is time, so that you can make wise and sacred opportunity of the time you have. Amen. Now, contrast this with Daniel. If you read Daniel chapter 10, the Bible lets us know that Daniel, who was a prophet, filled with the Spirit of the Lord, when he understood by the books written by Isaiah, he realized it's time. Israel has to be free. The total years of desolation that has been prophesied, it has to be fulfilled. And because of that, he went into fasting and prayer. And that's the attitude we have to develop contrast Daniel's attitude and contrast Israel's ignorance. Both of them had an opportunity to use time. One decided to make wise and sacred opportunity of the time he had ahead to, to fast track the prophecy so that Israel will become free. But one too could not understand. So, it's not just important to just be anointed. You need to be spirit-led, spirit-filled. And when that happens, you will have wise usage. And then you will be able to maximize time effectively. Amen. So, with that said now, let's look at just five practical tips. And then I round up the session for today. So, five practical tips on how we can maximize time one apportion time for relationship with God through prayer and reading the Bible this should be the most important as a Christian so if all of us are Christians this is one of the things you have to apportion time for if you are struggling to read the Bible make time to pray then you are really too busy it's a very bad sign. If, I, if you're a Christian and if you are really struggling to read the Bible, pray, have time to do that, it, it, it simply means you are a bad steward of time. Amen. Make time, make time, be a good steward of time. So, so from today, apportion your time well. First things first, give God his priority. I want to be a good steward of time. To become a good steward of time, you will have to place God first. Through reading the Bible and praying, apportion that time. Let it be non-negotiable. Stick to it. Be disciplined and do it. That's the first one. Number two, learn how to differentiate between urgent and important um the last time we did work of ministry seminar i mentioned this in passing. person one day i think we have to do a whole topic on agent versus important because it's a very important skill you can't treat everything the same all relationships are not the same everything is not important you have to be able to differentiate between agents and what's important I once made a joke in person that sometimes there were some people who write, Urgent! With so many exclamation marks. I will not really call. Then maybe they will call and say, Oh, I said it's urgent. I said, yeah, you said it's urgent. You didn't say it's important. You know, the, the thing about urgent is that urgent things, they really cry out loud for your attention. But they might not really be necessary. And what are, what are things called agents? Urgent. Urgent things are things that can be delegated or looked at another time. It doesn't demand your immediate attention. Examples are some emails. You know, unless you're, you, you, you use um, email as a form of communication at work, that's a different um, story altogether. But most emails, junk mails, things like that, it's, it's not very productive to really spend your time, you know, your, your, your fresh peak hours of the day, just going through emails. Most of them are not really necessary. So some of them, it can wait. You can do them even whilst you are eating dinner or doing something else. Some friends. and Personally, there are some friends who are agents. I have some friends who are very important. Uh, Sometimes, if I'm really busy doing something, I might not answer your call in the immediacy, but I'll return your call. I might not be able to have that conversation in the immediacy by will return your call. You know, So there are some things, not, not really there. Some texts. It's not, it's not every text that you can reply to. There are some texts, if I don't reply them today, the world will not end. The person will not die. He will survive. You know, that's it. So some texts. Certain calls. There are some calls you can delegate. Right? And some too, you may need to make those calls. Social media. Social media is agents. Social media is not important. Unless it is your mainstream of income. You have monetized accounts. Your YouTube is monetized. IG monetized. Facebook monetized. Twitter monetized. That's a different ballgame. But for the majority of social media users, it's agents. It's not really important. If, if you don't go on social media today, I don't think the world will end. Right, so there are some things that are agents. That, 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 that thing that is funny is that sometimes we become bad stewards of time because we've made the agents important and we've made the important agents. And then we spread ourselves too thin and then we don't become effective. Watching movies, having a good time, they are agents. And, and the funny thing is that between agents and importance, the ones those, that scream loud for your attention are the agents quote-unquote agents but they are not important and what do i call important on the other hand they are pressing needs they demand your immediate attention and prompt response if you don't do them nobody will do them if you don't attend to them it might spell negative repercussions and the implications might not be too good you know there are things if you don't do no one will do it that's what i call important Example your relationship with God. That's very important. Personally, if I don't pray, who will pray for me? It's nice for somebody to say, Oh, I'm praying for you. You know, it's nice, but I have to pray. I have to read the Bible. Those are very important. I don't I don't class them as agents. Very important. Working is important to work. There are some people who have twisted work the wrong way. They don't see work as important, they see it as urgent. That's why you are not paid enough. You are always calling off, <laughs> not working, not taking it serious. It's past the worship of your time. I'm going to chill with my friends. I'm going for a party. I'm going for this concert. I'm going You've become a socialite and you don't have money. There's nothing worse than being a socialite who is broke. So we have to be able to manage the time well. Working, is important. It doesn't matter whatever job. You may flip burgers at Burger King, you may work at a warehouse, you may be an administrative clerk, you may be among the um, highest um, 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 profile leaders in the corporate world, whatever. No matter, work is work. Just do it, see that's important. Put in all your hours, your time, and then be paid and be blessed. Education. Education is important. Education is not urgent. Education is not urgent. Of course, there are some courses that are time-sensitive, but education in general is is not urgent. It's important. And it's not just formal education. You can also have informal education. You can read. You can read books. You can serve the nets. <laughs> I remember one time a, a church member said, uh, "Pastor, I don't, I don't have a job." Blah blah, you know. It's all say, "Okay, do your resume or CV." You know, other countries call it CV. Here it's resume. I, this resume. I, I read through it. Skills, Um surfing, surfing, surfing the net, and uh, what? No, he said computer, computer literate skills, computer literacy. So I asked him. Computer literacy. So what do you know? Oh, he's a pastor. I know how to surf the nets. <laughs> I go on Safari, open the pages, Facebook. I said, my friend, if you want to apply for a job, don't be putting <laughs> this as computer literacy. When I talk about computer literacy, I talk about Microsoft Word, PowerPoint, um, Excel. Do you know these things? If you, should, if, if, if you should work in an office or let's say even just become an administrative clerk, do you know how to, when, when your manager says, BCC me an email or CC me an email? Do you understand what this is? I, that's what is called computer literacy. Don't be putting, I know how to serve the net and go on Facebook. That's not computer literacy. I, I really love that day. But what I'm trying to say is that education, you can have informal education through the internet. It's a blessing. It's not only Facebook or social media or TikTok. There are many things you could read, many books you can read. A wealth of knowledge is in our hands. Let's use it. And that's time. Amen. Financial literacy. That's important. We all have to have financial stability. I don't think that's in the class of agency. Very important. Reading. It's important to read. I consider reading important. Sometimes when I'm reading, I have to switch off the phone. Because if the phone is on, I know the calls, the calls, the calls. I'll never be able to even read one chapter. And sometimes that has to happen. I might have to switch off the phone and then just apportion 30 minutes just to read maybe half a chapter. And that's it. You will never get that piece. So you have to be disciplined. to require. I see it as important, not urgent. Amen. Certain relationships. My wife, that's an important relationship. That's not urgent. I don't treat that as urgent. Very, very, very important. Certain people, like my my presiding bishop, very, very important. My mother, very, very important. That's not an urgent relationship. It's It's not urgent. It's important. So, certain relationships, close friends, people in my circle, small circle, very important. So, you don't treat everything the same. Everything doesn't have the same value system. You have to know that. So, you have to know the difference between agent and important. The important things, if you don't do them, nobody will do them. But for the agents, you can delegate them or you can tackle it another time. For me, there is one thing about me. I always, and I'm using the word always, always, I always return calls, always return calls, always respond to text messages, always, but it might not be in the immediacy because I'm weighing it. Agent, important, okay, I'll reply to the message maybe th- three days later, four days You will definitely get a response from me. It might not be in the immediacy, dependent, dependent. On how i'm assessing the situation at that current context amen so let's all learn how to differentiate between urgent and important because if we are able to do that we will become masterful users and wise stewards of time amen number three practice the ohio principle ohio only handle it once That's the principle that beats against procrastination. And procrastination is a thief of time. Certain assignments, instructions from God, are time sensitive. Once you miss the opportunity to take action, it might be difficult, not impossible though, but it might be difficult to have that same opportunity again. So always remember Ohio. O-H-I-O. Only handle it once. Let's beat procrastination, which is the thief of time. Procrastinators are bad stewards of time. And we don't want to be bad stewards. I want to be good stewards of our time. And let's learn how to handle it once. Daniel in chapter 10, that was his chance. He only handled it once. Once he understood that, look, The time is coming close to when Israel has to be free. I have to fast and pray and find out the direction in which God wants us to go. He took immediate action. Don't don't waste time. There are some things, don't waste time. There are some things, pray about it immediately. There are some things, if you will have to fast, do it. Only handle it once. Because if you miss that season, if you miss that window of opportunity, it's not impossible, but it will be difficult to get that opportunity again. And maybe that time whereby the opportunity will come, you may not be as fresh, you may not have that time, you may not have that energy that you may want to attend to. For example, school. If you don't attend school at a certain age, once you grow old, you may have the desire but the opportunity, the time to even do it. Your life will be so encumbered that you may not have the opportunity to do it. So I pray to God that may we all be good stewards of time. May we prospect time wisely and fulfill that scripture that says that we should redeem the time because the days ahead are days of evil. There is a popular saying, it is said that the opportunity of a lifetime, it has to be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. Do you understand? So that means opportunity, it even, it even has an expiry date. All right. So when you see the opportunity of a lifetime, you have to seize that opportunity in its lifetime. Otherwise, when it fizzles out, when it dissipates... That's it. It's gone forever. Amen. Number four, have time for yourself. Have time for yourself. There are, there are many people who have time for many things, but they don't have time for themselves. They don't even know themselves. They don't have time for introspection. Have time, that is to meditate. Sometimes it's good to just be quiet. The Bible says that in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Isaiah thirty fifteen. There is a place where when you spend time just becoming quiet and meditating and, and going on a journey of solitude, God speaks to you. Things become very clear. Things don't become foggy. You know, this this year, one of the topics we tackled in our Midweek Bible study was on meditation. You know, so you may have to listen to it and, and apply the, the discipline and the practice of meditation. Have time for personal retreats. Everybody here has to do personal retreats. Have time. Just personal retreats between you and God. Or maybe even go somewhere. Just look at nature. Be inspired. Have ideas. Go somewhere. You know, just personal retreats. Have time. Read books. You know, hone your talents and skills. There are many ways by which you can do that. There is Udemy. There is um, many, many apps that you can use to hone your skills and talents. The, The internet is a blessing. Internet is a blessing. Whatever you want on the internet, you'll find it. Trust me, it is a blessing. Use it. Use it in your meantime. Have, have, have a time for yourself. I, I think for me, when you have time for yourself, you are becoming a good steward of time because you have the opportunity to be inspired. You'll have the opportunity to be innovative. And if you're a Christian, that's even an added benefit. You will have the time to commune with the Holy Spirit who will give you certain directives instructions and divine plans that when you implement them your life will move to a different level and number five apportion time for us take care of your sleep go on holidays all right every year we do that we go somewhere and it's necessary to me it's investment of time it's investment of time because we have to renew ourselves it's an investment of time because we have to charge ourselves it's an investment of time because man has to rest there is a saying if you don't come apart you will come apart if you don't come apart that means if you don't separate yourself from the masses you you will implode in front of everybody so if you don't come apart you will come apart you get me so Let's let's have these practical tips on how to be a good steward of time. Amen. The scripture in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, I'll end with that again. Redeeming the time because the days ahead are evil. Ladies and gentlemen, time is a gift, it's a resource. God has given it to us, but we have to make wise and sacred opportunity of this gift called time. And the person who is able to have that skill, that masterful use of time, will be blessed. Not just in, on this earth, but in the hereafter. God will judge you well and say, Good and faithful servant." I'm done for tonight. ask any question? Contribution? Hello. Yes, my grandmother has a question. Okay. She she wants to know that if everything that is in the Bible, if everything that she spoke about is in the Bible, is it going to happen? If everything that is spoken that is in the Bible, is it going to happen? Yes. 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 Thank you. Does, Does she have a specific example? Because this is very blanket, so like, um, is there gonna be a judgment day? Yes, there will. There will be a judgment day, according to Revelations chapter twenty and um, First Corinthians chapter five. Okay, thank yes. you. Yes. Hold on one minute. Let me just be sure. Let me, fact, someone should to check me. First Corinthians. Yes. First Corinthians chapter five and chapter six. We'll be judged. And then first Corinthians chapter three. Yeah. Five and six. Yeah. And then second Corinthians chapter five. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 is there. And then Revelation chapter 20. In fact, for you to understand Revelation chapter 20, you have to start from chapter 18, 19, 20, 21, and then also read the last chapter 22. It it makes sense. Amen. Okay, thank you. All right, you're welcome. Okay. Everyone have a good night okay god bless you my grandmother says good night good night mom good night. all right who else let's pray to god that we will become good stewards of our time thank you lord we give you praise give you praise. Thank you. Thank you for today's word. We pray that may we be good stewards of our time. May we be wise and masterful with the use of time. May we see time as a resource and not something that belongs to us, but may we see it as a gift given to us from you, O God. May we be wise with it. May we prospect wisely with time. Father, help us to invest time not to waste or to even spend time, but to invest time. and for that, as we are doing this, may we have eternity in view. We thank you, Lord, for today's word in Jesus name. Amen. All right, God bless you guys. Thank you all for coming. All right, good night. Good night. Oh, Love it.